Welcome to Walk With Me, a ministry of Cornerstone Church. Hi, my name's Tori and I'll be your host. Sometimes when I want to make a new friend, I'll say, come walk with me and we'll talk. My goal for this podcast is that we as women would walk together and enjoy sweet community in Christ. Today on our program, we have Kim Harms. Kim, yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Your family, your background, God's story. Uh, well, my name is Kim Harms. Um, I was raised in Iowa, a Christian family. Uh, asked Jesus into my heart when I was five and did that about 600 times between the <laughs> age five and seven because every night I thought right. I'd forget. So I um, didn't really clearly understand that right. for a while. Um, but then actually uh, grew up uh, went to college and got involved in the salt company actually. And really that's where my faith really Uh. took off. Um, I am married to Corey. We, this fall will be 18 years and we have three boys. Carter is 15. Owen is 13 and Lewis is nine. All right. So you are 40. Yes. The year you turned 40 was kind of a tough year. Yes. Is that an understatement? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Okay. <laughs> Tell me why. Um, so I turned 40 on December 20th of last year. A couple weeks later, I found a lump in my breast. And then on January 20th, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. So, Wow, what yeah. a whirlwind. Yeah, it was a little crazy. So we, Corey and I both turned 40 within a couple months of each other. We were hoping to go to like Cancun or something. And right. Instead, I... Went to Iowa Methodist and had my breast removed. (laughs) So it wasn't our plan for the year. Not a great vacation. No. Uh, How overwhelming. How did that, did it hit you? Was it unbelievable? I mean, how did that um, feel when you first got the diagnosis? Oh, it was awful. Um, First of all, you're so young. Yeah, it just felt like that's something you're not supposed to have to deal with when you're 40. And, um, do you have it in your family? I don't at all. Um, since I was diagnosed, this is kind of bizarre, but a cousin who I grew up like two blocks from, like two months after me was diagnosed. So we've gotten very, pretty close over Facebook through right. since then. And um, she's actually had a rougher journey than me. Um, is she a young gal too? Yeah, she is a year older than me. Oh, wow. So, yeah. That's really unbelievable. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Huh. So... Yeah. It was kind of unbelievable, mm-hmm. and you wondered why it was happening. So how in those situations do you trust God when you get that diagnosis? Even if you think it's unfair, you know, mm-hmm. and you're doubting that he's good, how do you trust him in that? Yeah, um, I never really went through the why me thing. I um, And I, I don't really think I doubted God. But I doubted myself. I thought I was I wasn't happy about my diagnosis, mm-hmm. and I did wonder why about certain things. But I never. It was. It's kind of weird. I've had. I feel like my life has been pretty smooth sailing. Mm-hmm. You know, we just. I haven't had a lot of bumps in mm-hmm. the road, and um, not that it means okay, it's time for you to have one. But it right. kind of felt like okay, this is this is what God has for me now, and huh. we're gonna get through this and. So you didn't feel like you descended into panic? Um, a little bit, maybe, but not... I mean, it was very emotional. I was very sad. I was um, fearful 
Uh huh. Um, I don't know if I panicked. I don't. I don't. I don't know. But I you said you panic. you doubted yourself. Yeah, Explain I, that. I doubted my ability to get through it. Like I huh. thought, okay, God, this is what you have for me. Okay, but I don't know if I can make it. Huh. Um, and how how did you? How did you decide um, to make it? Uh, that was um, every day just going to God. Huh. Um, kept you. It kept you desperate. It kept me desperate. It did. Hmm. Um, and he, he showed himself to me all the time. Like hmm. it is, um, it's an amazing thing when God, when you're just at a point of, I mean, I couldn't do anything on my own. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I couldn't change my circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't fix it. Corey couldn't fix it just to be in complete um, dependence on mm. God, like just draws you so close to him. So though it was so hard, there were times that it was so good because I just felt so loved. Hmm. Um, so Isaiah 41.10 has always been one of my favorite verses. And um, it says, fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. And I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So at night, um, that was the hardest at night. Because mm. everything is just, right. when you start thinking in the dark, when you're not sleeping, right. it just, your mind can go bad places. But I would wake up and I would just repeat scripture over and over. And that, that verse within the first like three weeks, or maybe probably less than that, probably first week of being diagnosed, uh-huh. multiple people from different places in my life either sent me that verse. Um, somebody posted it on Facebook. My best friend's grandma <laughs> sent it to me. Wow. And the day I had my biopsy... Um, right before I went in for it, like within two minutes, I got a text from my friend, Wendy, and it was just that verse and it just was so things sweet. Like that. Yeah. It's, it's like, so sweet. it's like feeling God love you. Uh huh. How'd your family react? How about Corey, your husband? Um, oh, it was really hard for him. He, uh, so we, I had my biopsy on a Tuesday. Um, and then we were supposed to find out the results on Thursday morning, but my doctor, had the results come across her desk just before she was leaving from work on Wednesday evening. Oh, wow. And so she called me. And in fact, I love her. She called me and she said, if you didn't answer the phone, I was going to drive to your house because I just wanted you wow, to Wow, that's commitment. Tonight. Yeah. Um, so she gave me the news. She didn't give me much for details. I heard cancer and I kind of mm-hmm. blanked out from there. But what she told me, I had invasive ductal carcinoma. Mm-hmm. Is that what that's called? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, um, I got off the phone with her. That's all the information I had. Um, and Corey actually happened to be home. It was like about, I bet it was five o'clock. Okay. Um, our two oldest boys were at basketball practice and Lewis was in the living room and I just collapsed into Corey and I just repeated, I don't want to have cancer. I don't want to have cancer. Um, uh, for quite a while we just... Yeah, I just was. Did he say anything? Um, or he just held you. He just held me. He wanted it to be him. Yeah, of course. He probably felt helpless. Yes. Yeah. So that was, man, it was really hard. It was hard for him. Hard for me. It was. Um, yeah, it was hard for all of us. Really, it was a blessing to learn that on Wednesday when nobody was expecting results until Thursday. Yeah. Because it gave Corey and I this time to just yeah, kind of process, process. and let it settle, and um, 
it was a good, I, a couple close friends knew that we told that evening. I actually called a friend to, um, come pick up Lewis mm. because I was just in no shape yeah, to right. be a mom. So, um, she was over within a few minutes. And, huh. Um, yeah, that was really, oh, it was really hard. And <laughs> to make it even more difficult, I, this was such a hard day. So I, I got that diagnosis at five or mm-hmm. something like that. And then we've kind of had a rough patch, um, in church. We had to, uh, they had to ask our youth pastor to resign. And wow. that was the day that we told the youth group. And Corey, for some reason, was in charge of that meeting. Uh-oh. So like at 5 o'clock, we find out I have cancer. And at 7 o'clock, I'm he sitting. Yeah, we're sitting in front of this group of, you know, 13 to 18-year-olds with other youth leaders um, having a really hard conversation. And I'm Corey was so, I don't know how he did it, but he... He made it through that well. He did it really well. What a day. um, I sat there, though, thinking, you know, I just found out I have cancer. I just was thinking, I do not want to be here. This is not something I want to deal with Mm -hmm. right now. I just wanted to crawl out of my body and get out of that room. Probably seemed not very important. Yes, it felt like everything, all the questions they were asking, I just kept thinking, who cares? Uh Who cares I have cancer? Right. Yeah. Um. So that was really hard, um, it, but that's that was what we had to deal with that day, and um, we did. And yeah, you do the it. next thing, and then you, you do the next, do the thing, next thing, and then you do the next thing. Yeah. So how about your boys? Um, they that was, I think, the hardest thing I've ever had to do. Tell them. Yeah. Hmm. I. Uh, They're at a point where they can understand the older ones at they least. They are, yeah, for sure, and Lewis to an extent Uh can understand too but uh we told them that i was gonna have a biopsy so they knew that okay Um, uh and and they knew that cancer was a possibility Mm. um but we didn't make a big deal of it we just said there's we just need to find out what's going on with mom Mm -hmm. and when we told them that there were a few tears um Mm -hmm. but then when we found out I remember I would, Corey and I were sitting by the fireplace together and our oldest Carter was like leaning against the living room wall and Owen was sitting in front of us leaning on the couch and Lewis was on the floor and we told him and you know, your kids have such different personalities uh-huh. and they just reacted according to their personalities. Really. I, um, Carter had a few tears, but it was very quiet and, um, Owen can get, he wears his emotions on his sleeve. So okay. it was very hard for him. Yeah. Um, and Lewis came over and sat on my lap. Huh? Um, yeah, it was hard cause he just, yeah, cancer is just a hard, scary right. word. Very scary for kids. Right. Too. And boys, I, mean, I think, want to protect their moms. Yeah. And they couldn't. Yeah. That would be really hard. Yeah. yeah How are they doing really, now? Um, they are doing really well. Um, I I really feel like we have come out of this and we're on the other side. Huh. Like, I, um, I'm healed up. I'm able to... You know, I just started running yeah. a week or two ago. Um, and we were into, like normal routine yeah that feels great normal life is really wonderful when you haven't had it for a while just the normal everydayness yeah so they're yeah they're doing well and i think um yeah we just all appreciate each other more and it's um there's been some good Mm -hmm. things that have come right so you talked about you know getting back to normal how do you maintain when you're going through it Mm. 
how do you maintain that sense of this is what we do, our new normal, kind of that mm-hmm. sense of normality? How do you do that? Um, well, there, I always say there's a period of time that it was just impossible. That mm-hmm. surgery and then right. probably for a month after, it was just, life was just so weird and hard. And um, so I... The, the period of time that I would say there was nowhere to even try to be normal at all. You know, I've got, my husband is having to shower me and like right. things like that. that yeah. are just not normal. Um, but I, before the surgery, so I had a good month, more than a month from diagnosis to surgery. Okay. Um, and during that time, our oldest two were both in middle school, both played basketball and just like going to their games and just being me and just uh-huh. cheering for them and, um, doing, just doing the normal everyday life uh-huh. helped. And, um, I have to say Corey's or not Corey, uh, Carter and Owen's friends, parents were fantastic. Uh-huh. I, when I was diagnosed, I actually sent an email out to several of their close friends, parents, and uh-huh. specifically asking them to please, um, let their kids keep coming to my house. Mm. Please be normal. Yeah. Please, because that's what we need. And right. I'm still Kim. I just, right. I, I don't feel any different. I'm right. just still Kim. Um, and they were so good about that. I could go to basketball games and they would maybe ask me how I was doing, but we wouldn't dwell on it and that's we would just wonderful. cheer for our kids. And it yeah. was, um, it seems like such a small thing, but it was just what I needed. Right. Really. Um, it was, so just doing, doing life, um, and then av- avoiding places I knew that I would be in awkward situations. Like uh, I, uh, I started going to church late and leaving mm-hmm. early, um, just because I know, I know the people there c- care for me and right. want to know how I'm doing. And I just didn't want to be overwhelmed. Of and so course. Yeah. We would sneak in a little late and, and leave a little yeah. early and, um, but yeah, that huh. was a difficult kinda, thing. Yeah. So did you feel, we didn't really talk about this question, but did you feel like your body kind of betrayed you? A little bit. Like, yeah, my body's not my own. Yeah. And like what's going on? Yeah. Huh. Um, yeah, it felt, I, it felt very like out of control. Uh-huh. Like I can't do anything Yeah. to change the fact that there's cancer something in me, in me that like needs I, to come out i yeah. can't and it's just um gonna keep growing in there if i don't do something about it and right um so yeah a little bit huh. a little bit of that i think huh so um let's track back a little bit to when you said you were kind of feeding yourself scripture mm-hmm. um so would you suggest when women are in really hard places where they feel really out of control that that's what they do because their feelings can really tell them mm-hmm. to go down a bad place. Yes. But feeding yourself the truth, does that really, does that change your feelings or does it just change your mind and help you think rightly? Um, I think it does both. I think it changes your mind first um, and the feelings come later. But I... Um, yeah. Were you always believing it when you were saying it? Like, I will not, mm, you know, fear not. I don't think I always believed it, especially in the middle of the night. There were there were a couple nights there that I woke up, like, right away when I found out I had cancer. Like, I'd wake up about every half hour and I'd think I have cancer. 
have uh-huh. cancer. And I just, uh-huh. to get the, I have cancer out of my head, I would say, if you're not, I'm with you. And I don't know that I was like really believing that then. I just know that when you are in a tough spot, go to scripture because mm. scripture is truth. And if you, if you can either take your fear, um, and you're going to have fear. And I think it's okay to be scared. I think that God, um, he wouldn't have put do not fear in the Bible like hundreds of times if it right. wasn't 365 yeah. times, I think. Yeah, I think. Yeah, right. one for every day. Yeah. So if it wasn't common to man, it wouldn't be in there. So it's, I think the first thing is like, okay, it's okay to be fearful, but what do you do with that fear? Huh. And yeah. you can either take it to God, you can take it to scripture and look for truth. Um, or you can let your emotions take control and they'll just take you down a road that you don't want to go right. down. And, and I did that sometimes. I had one terrible day where I just all day long was just fighting thoughts. It was before I knew, you know, how, how big my tumor yeah. was and like, right. didn't know if it had spread. Right. And, um, I just didn't know. I just know I had cancer and I just had this whole day of being convinced that I was full of cancer and I was going to die. Hmm. Like I, all day long, I just could not get that thought out of my head. Mm-hmm. But, um, so you just replace that thought with truth of God. Yes. That's how you deal with that. That's how I deal with it. Huh? And it does change. I think it, it changes your mind. Um, and then the emotions come too. And you get there when you get there and you think, okay, Lord, I trust you. I trust you. It's just such a feeling of relief. Like, okay. Huh? Um, but it's a, it's a continual battle. Uh-huh. It is just, you know, it's so true what the Bible says about um, not battling against flesh and blood, but yeah. um, spiritual, like it's just a spiritual battle. Satan, I feel like he wanted to take me out this year. Huh. Um, but you didn't let him. No. Huh. So. so tell me about your prognosis. So are you all done with your treatments and... I, I am, um, yes, for the most part. So what part. was your procedure? So I had a bilateral mastectomy, uh, on February 25th with, um, the first, uh, reconstruction surgery combined with that. So it was basically my surgeon removed, uh, both of my breasts and then a plastic surgeon came in and started the reconstruction after mm. he was done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had what's called ex- their expanders. There's mm-hmm. different ways reconstruction I mean there's different options for different people mm-hmm. um, and choices but they put expanders in which then after I was healed up and then over a period of a few months they would slowly fill those mm-hmm. um, which is really funny to go home and look in the mirror and be like oh my boobs just got bigger <laughs> and that was a yeah. painful thing though you yes me. it hurt really bad it's I stretching muscle yes, and skin muscle and skin they put it under the muscle yeah so it's under my chest muscle which wow. Um, this might be too much information, but like, I don't have to wear a bra anymore. So I just went for a run without a bra and I'm just going to take that as wow. my silver lining. I and guess. It's amazing huh. <laughs> because my, cause your muscles my muscle are holding, holds the, the implant, but, um, it was really painful. And it's funny cause my plastic surgeon who I really did like, um, but he, he would just tell me it would be uncomfortable. And he, it was almost like he didn't believe me when I told him how, painful uh-huh. it was he just and thought it was a little just, bit uncomfortable yeah and it'll it'll stretch it'll be uncomfortable for 24 hours or so and then you'll and it did it stretched and it got better over time but there were two nights after i had expansions uh-huh. that i had to sleep sitting up with a neck pillow like a travel pillow uh-huh. I, at night i couldn't like recline 
it was just, um, wow. yeah, it wasn't very fun, but it's do you, done. are you still, do you still have pain? Uh, very little. Uh, I started sleeping on my side again, probably about, a, I don't know, a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, probably a month ago, I was able to sleep on my side. If I sleep on my left side, it still hurts a little bit. I don't know if that's maybe because of scar tissue, because that's where okay. they took lymph nodes okay. and stuff. Yeah. So, um, but really very little pain anymore. Uh-huh. So are you done with the process of treatment? Yes. For the most part, I, um, I'm on a pill called tamoxifen yep. for 10 years. Okay. And that uh, my kind of cancer likes estrogen and that blocks my cells from accepting the estrogen. Huh. Okay. So my body still creates estrogen. It just doesn't get absorbed, um, which causes hot flashes. So I've been having hot flashes. Oh, um, okay. And it can cause a lot of other side effects, but that's really the only one I've had. Huh. Uh, so I have, I'll be doing that for several years and then I also I'll go to the oncologist every six months and uh just be blood test and check up okay so you didn't have to have any chemo or I didn't radiation no if if I had um like if I'd opted for a lumpectomy yeah. um instead of a mastectomy I would have had to have radiation um but the, actually the doctor didn't really give me a choice to have a lumpectomy because of where my tumor was okay and like what they needed to take Uh so um so yeah no no radiation and then chemo um they originally said that we thought we we the communication wasn't as good as i mean looking back Mm -hmm. you think oh i wish i would have known that earlier or how that works but your mind's a little bit occupied with the diagnosis Yeah. yeah but we were we were under the impression Corey and i were that uh, if they went into surgery and there was no um, no sign of it in the lymph nodes, then I would not need chemo. Okay. And there was no sign in the lymph nodes, which was fantastic. But then I went to an oncologist appointment a couple weeks later, and he said, well, we're going to send the tumor in and have it tested, and we'll uh, get some results back, and that will determine whether or not you need chemo. Oh. And we were like... It's also different. Oh. So then I had like two or three weeks of waiting and wondering again. Oh, the waiting. And that was really, really hard. But I mean, we got, I didn't have to have chemo and I, I'm so thankful because I, I, I mean, just, I, it was really hard what mm-hmm. I had to go through, but right. chemo, I think would have made it exponentially harder, harder. Right. And longer. Like huh. I would, you know, I'd uh-huh. obviously still be right in this process. Well, and, hallelujah. Yeah. For no chemo. So you've been in this spot. Some of us listening haven't. How can we help women with cancer? How can we reach out? How can we love them? And you talked about, you know, not obsessing and talking about normal things. So that's one thing I picked up. Yes. What are some other ideas? Being normal. Uh, Food. You can bring food. I... That was amazing to me. I, I hate to cook anyway, so that's another thing I joke about. I got cancer, but at least I didn't have to cook for like three months. Um, at my uh, refrigerator freezer and we have a deep freeze were so full, I couldn't have fit another meal in there. I bet I received 60 meals. Wow. Like people, um, people from church, my friends, my uh-huh. kids' friends' moms, like... Everybody brought food, and I think that's just what people think. What can I do? What can right, I do? that's and something they can do. It's, it's concrete. Like it's actually a really good thing. In that's that kind of good situation. to hear. So yeah, that's good to hear. Um, and maybe 
you people will get too much and not want any more food, but I thought it was fantastic. Uh-huh. Um, so that is one thing. Um, what else? I It helped me, and this would be like if you would have a close friend or mm-hmm. somebody who's mm-hmm. diagnosed, but um, I have a, a really good friend who I could just call like, or text mm-hmm. at any time and say anything. Mm-hmm. And she was just there mm-hmm. and she would just show up at my house with like Dunkin' Donuts and yeah. coffee. Like, yeah. um, and that was good. Um, and then I had, a, I have a close group of friends that we've gotten close over years of just being in Bible study together. Yeah. Um, and you know, being moms together and we, I, we just started texting huh. like we still text a little bit about, uh-huh. I mean, we still have this group thing going on and, um, we were just like silly when I needed to be silly. Yeah. And, um, in fact, there was one night we were texting back and forth. Like when you start thinking about having to recreate your, your yeah. body and uh-huh. like all the decisions you have to make, it's like weird and bizarre. And we just started having this really funny conversation about it. And, uh-huh. um, in fact, my friend Deanna's, um, husband sent a video to us of that he had taken on his phone while she was texting, us like uh-huh. and she's just laughing and laughing and laughing like and that was just how that night was and it was exactly what I needed yeah. like finding the humor it in not disarmed, funny situations yeah it kind of yeah. disarmed the the enemy a little bit it did it's like, you know yeah uh, yeah huh. I think that's what it did so that that was great for me just right for people to be like okay we can laugh together let's yeah. just and to kind of rally around you and yeah talk and not necessarily talk about it right but sometimes talk about it and, yeah. and make it not as scary, maybe. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And and just, like, know when um, when it's okay to be funny and when not. Like, yeah. there was one day we, uh, we started texting and I just had to text and say, I can't be funny today. Like, uh, there's just... Yeah. And they were... I mean, they understood yeah. that. And we just... We were done. Yeah. And so... It's good. That I always really encourage women to be in community because that kind of thing is so healthy. Just mm-hmm. to have the support of friends mm-hmm. and real friends, yes. not just Facebook friends and mm-hmm. yeah, online friends. So that just kind of reiterates that truth about friends are really important. Mm-hmm. So is there anything that people should not do for a woman who has cancer? Yes, actually. I think this is really bizarre, but um, after I was diagnosed... I almost on a daily basis, probably every other day, had someone tell me about someone they knew who had died of cancer. Like it wasn't always, it wasn't necessarily breast cancer. It was whatever kind of cancer, but I, that was so hard for me. That's not helpful. It was not helpful. And I, I think the word cancer makes people uncomfortable and they just didn't know what to say. Uh, so I tried to have grace for that, but, um, there were days I just didn't want to go to the grocery store because I was afraid I was going to run into someone who was going to say something. Even In fact, once the person who carried out my groceries told me about an uncle who died of cancer. And I'm like, I haven't even really spoken to you before in my right. life. And um, so, yeah, I would say um, hmm. something not to do is talk about people who have died of cancer. Right. Yes. That seems it logical seems to logical, me. But yes, just think about People got to blurt it out maybe. Yes. And huh. I, it, the, depending on how I was doing that day, some days it didn't phase me, but some days I would just go cry. Right. 
That's the last so thing you wanted hard. to think about. Right. I did want to hear about people who survived. survived. I wanted to, in, in that I heard, oh, I did hear a lot of that too. Um, oh. I've met a lot of women through this right. who had breast cancer 10 years ago and 15 years ago. Oh. And, um, so that was great, but yeah, that would be one thing not to do. So if you could give a woman one piece of advice, a woman who's in a scary situation, um, not necessarily just cancer, but just a really scary, out of control feeling situation, what would it be? I think, and we've kind of already talked about it, but um, just the fact that it's it's okay that you're scared. It um, it doesn't mean that your faith is weak, I oh. guess. But take that fear and uh-huh. that scary thing and go to God with it. Right. Don't don't let yourself spiral down into your, uh-huh. what women, as we yeah. tend to do, right. we want to go that emotional direction. I'd say, um, yeah, don't, don't feel like because the situation is scaring you to death that you don't have enough faith, but just go to God and just, um, use his word to just wash over you. Um, there's another scripture that is, um, like I, before cancer, I feel like I didn't, I, I had never read that scripture before, but maybe I had, but it's been so meaningful to me is Isaiah 43, is it 43 or 42? One. Isaiah 43, fear not. through five. It says, fear not for I've redeemed you. Um, I have summoned you by name. You, you are, are mine. mine. When you walk through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the river, it will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Um, go to Scripture and God will show you those things. I just remember reading that and thinking, oh, oh, that is exactly what I need. Exactly. Exactly what I need. Would you like to pray for the listener who needs to believe that God's in control and that he cares? Sure. Let's do that. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, Lord, I just thank you that you are such a big and good God. And you um, you give us scary situations sometimes. Um, but you don't leave us when we're in them. In fact, it's in those situations that so often you just show yourself. And you, you are love. And you just show that. Lord, and I pray for a woman who might be listening who is in a really scary spot right now, Lord, that um, I pray that you will just make yourself very real to her and help her to um, to trust you, Lord, to turn to the scripture, even if she doesn't know where to turn, Lord, and just speak to her through, um, through your word, Lord, and I pray I pray for women who are in scary situations, just that, Lord, they will f- find the support um, in friends and family also that they need. And Lord, I know you're big, and I know that you got me through this very hard thing, and you um, you can be trusted. You can be trusted when we go through hard things. I thank you. I thank you that you gave us the example um Lord, of just that ultimate sacrifice and giving your son 
to die for us, Lord. Oh, that is just, that shows how much you love us. And I pray that um, any woman in a scary spot can just cling, cling to that. But I thank you for who you are, Lord. I do. I thank you for um, who you are. And I pray these things in your son's name. Amen. Amen. It's so great. You learned that he was all you needed because it's really all you had, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, Kim, you're a freelance writer, and so I you've am. written about some of these experiences. Can you just give us uh, the name of your blog or, you know, a reference so we can read more about your journey? Yeah, so I blog at, it's just kimharms.net, um, and uh, I... I feel like my brain kind of left me for a while during cancer, so I blogged little bits and pieces, um, but I'm doing more of that, and then mm-hmm. yeah, so do some writing for today's Christian woman, uh-huh. and um, and yeah, I haven't written about this journey uh-huh. um, for that yet, but, but that would help something might come of that women as well. Yeah. So thanks for your time today, and thanks for being very real and open about a scary time in your life. It'll really help a lot of women. Thanks for walking along with us today. I'd love to get to know you better, so let's walk again sometime, shall we?